Episode 13 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Welcome to any new listeners. My name is Javed, and joining me this week, my co-host and head of the, Sp- the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Mickey Merritt. Hello, everyone. And from Plymouth, Rob Wills. Hi. Hello. Right, before we dive in, I should mention that it's almost the year to the day, in fact, it's the year tomorrow um, since we began the podcast. Um, I think my, my words a year ago was welcome to the inaugural Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast and at the time I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was going to be the first and whether, well I wasn't sure if, if there were going to be any other podcasts after that. I, I was uh, slightly nervous and didn't know how it was going to pan out but um, thank you for everybody who's listened and everybody along the way who's, who's been supportive and um, we, we've grown from strength to strength to strength and a year on we're still here. And it's also nice to have um, Nikki, who was there for the very first podcast. And oh, happy anniversary to us. And Rob was supposed to be there for the first po- podcast, but Rob, just remind listeners, why why couldn't you make the first pods last year? Well, uh, it was the wife's birthday. Well, actually, it was the day after the wife's birthday, and we were doing something special because of my birthday's on the 24th. And as you know, last the, the pod last year was the 23rd, and hers is today, which is the 22nd. So your your birthday this Tuesday, twenty five again? Uh, no, my birthday. I should be forty three this year. I can't remember. Funny enough, I can't remember last year when we when we did the first pod who we played. I remember us winning. I remember it being away from home, but I've got no idea. But anyway, that was then. This is now. It, funny enough, it coincided when we started it last year. It coincided with Kane st- starting his run and scoring goals and and. Potch starting yeah. to bed in his ideas, and how here we are a year later, and um, we're what is it? Whole City, by the way. Whole City, two, uh, two one, okay. two one. I think Kane and Ericsson possibly. Yeah, Ericsson and I'm just looking now. I think it was Kane. I've got a feeling. I think it might have been. Um, yeah. It was Kane the 61st and Christian Ericsson in the 90th. 90th minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was ex-Spurs boy Jake Livermore that scored the uh, goal for right. Hull. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I was at White Hart Lane today, um, and um, it was—I've got to say—quite a performance. Um, it was flawless. I thought the first 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 ten minutes. I don't think we were poor, but I just think we were a little bit slow off the mark. I think there were one or two touch touches that. Um, Ericsson could have done better with, or one or two passes that, for instance, Ericsson and Sun were, were trying to make, and they didn't come off. But we, we weren't poor; we were just slow. slow, and just trying to assert ourselves, trying trying to get ourselves into the game. I don't think they were particularly good either in that ten-minute spell. Um, it, it was just you couldn't. There wasn't anybody, any team that was necessarily standing out, and you, it wasn't. It was basically much of a muchness at, at that point. And then after that, I just thought that. 
that's it. We, we took charge of the game and every player across that um, starting 11 from Lloris all the way through to Kane was just outstanding. I couldn't... No, I, I was going to say that first 20 minutes or so before um, Harry bagged the first one, was, I think it was an absolute blinder of a game that, you know, we we poked, we prodded, we couldn't find a way through and then it happened. You know. Yeah. Look, you know, I mean, you're always going to get the negative naysayers, but um, and 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 you know, I'm not blind to the fact that there are faults with with some of the things that happened, but on the whole, it was an outstanding performance. And and yeah, the first, I wouldn't even say it was ten minutes; it was probably closer to the fifteen twenty minute mark. I mean, it was a little bit. We were bossing it a little bit, but there wasn't any sort of magic or spark happening. And then. We just took the game by the scruff of the neck, and and we took charge, and we actually showed them mm. who's boss. So you know, it it was fantastic to watch. I remember saying to my son, uh, or my oldest son, uh, half time. I said, I said to him, what we need to do second half is come out all guns blazing instead of doing what we normally do, sitting back on our laurels and chilling out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did. We came out second half, guns blazing. And uh, got another couple of goals. Yeah, we, you know, we let one in. Um, it, ha- okay. it happens. Yeah, I think Walker will. You could see he was really annoyed with himself because he was probably still on a high from scoring his goal, and he mm. knew that he made a mistake there. But you know what? I mean, yeah, it, it's not going to make that much difference in the game at the end of the day, and it, it, it is upsetting to sort of not have a clean sheet. But at the same token, he's very well aware of that. Actually, he should have been concentrating, and he could just learn from that mistake. You know, whatever. I thought, I thought that aside, he he was superb. And and you know, earlier on when I was saying difficult to tr- to try to find somebody that doesn't, you know, try trying to find try, try to criticize for find a critique in that performance somewhere. Um, more than anything, I was trying to play devil's advocate. Okay, because. To me, maybe I'm blinded by the facts because I was there and because I was maybe overcome with the occasion. But I honestly thought that every player was fantastic. I thought Rose was really good. Walker was superb. Notwithstanding the fact they scored a goal or the fact they made a mistake right at the the end, that's neither here nor there. He was superb. Um, Jan was solid. Toby, again, just amazing. Colossus. Dembele, just probably man of the match. Um, Really. I was just going to say, can we record that? But actually, we are recording it. Could you say that again, just a little bit slower? Moussa Moussa Dembele, man of the match for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You send me that little piece so I can save it as a ringtone every time you phone me. That's all I'm going to hear. Because you're his biggest critic. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I I have been. But I think... um, I think it was Leicester, Leicester game when I was in Johannesburg with you and and both you and Paul were back lyrical about him and he, he played well that game. My only criticism that match against Leicester was that he he started on the right and he kept drifting in and I felt that we didn't we Walker wasn't getting any cover. But um but I think that since then, and I think even before then, possibly it was Stoke. I can't remember. Um, he, he's been, he's 
he's been the most adept. To quote Unicky on, I think the pod before last, the, the old gut gut old pod. He he was he's he's showing us a player that we signed from Fulham. Finally, yeah. He's starting. To, he's got we, he's got the strength. He's always had the strength and the physique, and he can keep hold of the ball. My criticism of him was always the end product, um, and not passing the ball quickly and just hold holding on to it and also being a bit timid in front of goal when we all know that he's got a good shot but he, he started to, to, to do that he did it against um Anlecht and he scored a fantastic goal against Villa as well and um and he's just grown from strength to strength and I think the combination of him and Dyer to a lesser degree Ali Deli Ali I know that everybody goes on a bit about Deli Ali but I, I think as good as player that he is. I think there's a lot of hype around Deli Ali. Um, mm. I think Dyer and Dembele, they're just in their own way, they're very strong. But uh, I was going to say, speaking of, speaking of Ali, mm. somebody posted up on the Facebook page about him being out for the Chelsea game next week. Now I was in the kitchen. Yeah. I missed something. What happened? He, Did he get a booking? He got booked. Yeah, uh, he got a booking. Um, you know. I, <laughs> I like Ellie, don't get me wrong, and I understand there's a lot of hype around him. My problem with him a little bit is that he is still young. So he's a little bit too um, uh, um, in your face, looking for a fight. That's the impression I get from him. Mm. And that's the problem, you know. He, he, I, I know he was trying to defend Kane because something happened with um, with Harry Kane and, and he came up to a, a West Ham player and they were just sort of having a, um, a little bit of a chat which wasn't very friendly shall we say and um and both of the guys to to the ref's credit he booked both the West Ham player I forget who it was and Delhi Ali but it's just so unnecessary you know we were leading there's no need to get involved in that and I'm sure that Pochettino is going to have a chat to the guys even the Walker thing later on there's no need for that you know why sink to that level we're better than that but anyway I digress the fact is, yeah, he, he got booked. And um, I, I don't know if he got a yellow card previously, and maybe that's why he's going to miss the game next week. Okay. So it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, sorry, I'm digressing, but, but, but it's going to be interesting. We've got we've got enough strength, strength and depth because Lamella will come back, and I, I, would, yeah. I, would, I would imagine he would play with Ericsson yeah. and Son, and Dembele would would play with Dyer, and the, and the combination of Dyer and Dembele. And I prefer Dembele in a deeper role with Dyer because he can use his strength and uh, c- coupled with Dyer's strength and also his tack- Dyer's tackling. I think they're a good co- good combination. And they complement each other really well. So I don't think losing Ali is going to be the end of the world, particularly with, with Lamella coming back. And also we've got Ryan Mason. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, just think about it. Um, Dembele started off there in the beginning of the, of the, of the game. Mm. He started off. Um, with with Dyer, and then he could he sort of came forward, and him and Delhi then interchanged, yep. and and Dembele was going forward more, and and frankly, I just think that Dembele's better going forward. He, that's where his strengths lie. You know, yes, he's good holding midfielder. Don't get me wrong, but I also just think that there's so much more in him when he's going forward. Hmm. Is um, Ng on the injured list or something? I think he got a knock the last game. Nothing serious, but just a bit of a knock. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've got we've got Deli Ali out the next game, but we've got Lamella coming back. Um, obviously, we've got 
Mason, he's made a few appearances in the last few games coming off the bench or starting, I think, some of the European games. And we've got, I, I think, the Chadley situation. I think he's still he's still going to be out inju- injured. But I heard somewhere that Bentaleb might be returning. Bentaleb. Bentaleb. Tomatoes, tomato. It's an E. E-B. Bentaleb. Um, young Nabil, um, he will be... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be he's he's returning to full fitness. Although I suspect that he wouldn't start. But look, we've we've got a really straight, strong squad now. Um, so I'm not well, going to lose too much sleep. Over. How, how, how no. long has it been since we could we could say we've got a strong squad? I mean, mm-hmm. um, as I posted on the THF page, I think this 12 game unbeaten run is mm. our highest. And um, Abdullah Mansour commented. It, that's possibly our um, equal highest. Yeah, I think it's, it, yes. it's, yeah, it, it's, it's equal with when AVB in the in the in the Bale season in ABB's first season. I think we we lost possibly to Everton. I can't recall. I think, and then after that, away from home, that's it. Everton in December of 2012. Mm. We conceded a late goal there, and then we went on all the way until March when we played Liverpool and threw it away, frankly, in a, a game we, we, as I recall, were winning 2-1 and, and we, we allowed them to come back in the game. Um, uh, just also on, on, on the sort of front three, I thought Ericsson, and, Ericsson d- did well and um, and Kane, obviously two goals and held the ball up pretty well. Um, but Son, I thought Son, Son had a decent game. He, he started off a bit quiet. But more than anything, I just felt that maybe he, he's not fully fit and he's trying to work his way back into the game. But as as the game grew on, you could see his confidence growing. And um... Yeah, yeah. I think, I think look, you know, it is a confidence thing at the end of the day. And and it is the first sort of game that he's, he's sort of started. So... Um, I was impressed with him. You know, I uh, I think he's got a lot to offer as as uh, as he grows with the team. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes, but um, and 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 there were there were times when I was like, just just pass the ball or shoot the ball because I was getting a little bit frustrated. It was weird because you know he stepped in when Lamella wasn't there, and and I'm not part of the Lamella Wankfest group, so. You know, I was quite pleased for, <laughs> for um, Sun to start. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I like Lamilla. Do not get me wrong. But there are some people who just absolutely think the boy can do no wrong. Mm. And, 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 and you know, starting to compare him to the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and whatever. Fucking stop dreaming. Enough already. Stop dreaming or drooling? Uh, um. Both. It's, like we, I said, we, it's a wank fest. You know, and, and I probably will get shot down for this. But I'm so tired of, of it. It actually is nauseating. There are other players in our squad. But, Can we not concentrate on the fact that we've actually got depth now? So I, I should hold my hands up because you, uh, earlier, earlier on, Mickey, you, you called me out for, for Dembele. But I've also been very critical of Lamella in the past, um, you know. Well, I, think we all, I was going to say, we all, all have. Yeah. yeah. Especially last season. And, and, and you know what? I am not blind to the fact that he has worked his arse off and mm. he is trying. But I also do sometimes think that Pochettino puts him in for the sake of putting him in, whether it be a, a Argentinian connection or whatever the case may be. You know, I just wish that somebody would get him into the gym, bulk him up, because sometimes I think he falls over way too easily. He, he, he needs to be good. fed. 
He does. He, he he's got <laughs> flair. He's got flair, and and he's got some. He's got something special about him. But somebody needs to nurture that. Rob, Rob are you the man to feed him? I was going to say, maybe you should eat some of Dembele's buns. Um, There there was a question on the last podcast um, I did with uh, Aaron and Aaron Wolf and Greg Taylor. The question somebody posed, I can't remember who it was, about whether we would miss Lamella um, because of his suspension. We didn't. It was a fair enough question, but actually we didn't miss him. And as as good as he's played... In the last, I don't know, ten or twelve games or whatever it's been, um, and that's, that's including the, the the European game games. I would say um, he's. I think for me, he's gone from being somebody who was possibly in the summer on the verge of maybe, um, if the papers uh, are, are to be believed, on the verge of maybe going to he was linked with Marseille or Inter or, or, or whatever, or even possibly somebody that might go in January. I think he's managed to turn that situation around and he's proved that he he's in, in or around that first team. But I wouldn't go as far as saying that if we lo- lose him because of injury or suspension, it's going to be as big as big a blow as, say, lo- losing a Lloris or a, a Toby or a Jan or a Dyer or a... Kane, or dare I say, a Dembele, or, or an Eriksson, for that matter. You know, Absolutely. if you you lose you lose Lamella, you've got other players like Son, um, Chadley. Oh, Town, dare I say, even Townsend. They're all different, and they all bring something yeah. different to the game, yeah. and that's the nice thing. You've got options. Win loss, as Rob said earlier, win loss. Can we say we have options? So he's not an integral player in the in, in our but, team. Yeah. By no means of the imagination. But he does bring something special to the team. Yeah. No, agreed. Um d- just on the scoreline, I thought that four one really flattered West Ham. I thought we could have won that five or six nil, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um they yeah. were poor. They really were poor and we were pretty good as well. Harry would have had that trick if he hadn't fluffed up that uh Cracking open goal chance. All he had to do was chip it over the top of Adrian, yeah. and instead he put yeah. it wide. I thought, you spanner. <laughs> Same. And he also wasn't happy. You could see, but hey ho, things happen. <laughs> yeah, he hooked it, and you, you could see he was frustrated by, by, the, by, by the fact. But uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the only other time I, I thought, you know. God say, Gary was when he was um, trying to do his like Gareth Bale impression, you know, and hog the ball down the, on the the right hand side when we were in the second half. Mm. And I'm thinking, mm. oh, God's sake, man, pass it, pass it, for God's sake. <laughs> but I think he was trying to get his hat trick, so you know he was holding on a bit more than he should have actually. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Is that eight goals down this season he scored for us? Eight in the Premier mm. League. Eight nine in the Premier League in, in total. Yeah, you know, it was only not so long ago that he was going through this barren spell, and now he's banging them in. Um, and and I, I think, as we said before, his season doesn't start till November, and he sort of proved that, I guess. Yeah. Although his hat trick against um, Bournemouth was in October, but anyway, um, there was there was an, another chance in the first half where I think I can't remember who was involved. I think. Ericsson and possibly Deli Ali, where um, 
it was like a succession of two or three shots and the ball just wouldn't go into the net. And there was another point in the second half where um, their keeper, Adrian, made a few saves um, and it just somehow didn't go in the net. I can't recall West Ham having any credible threats on, on goal at all no. during the match. It, even that goal of theirs wasn't what I call a credible threat. Yeah. It was it no, was the luck. It was against the run of play. It was lucky. Um, it was lucky, yeah. I mean, even even their even their manager, you know, he he said in his um, post match interview that um, you know credit to Tottenham, we were the better team on the day. Um, you know, his guys just didn't show up, and uh, and we didn't, you know, they didn't take advantage um, when they could have. They knew what they were up against, and they just failed to perform. And at the end of the day, the best team won. You know, I like managers like that for no other reason than they give credit where it's due. They don't just talk about how lucky we were or whatever the case, or they didn't get the rub of the green. You know, he was pretty pragmatic about the fact that we were the better team. And yes, you know, as poorly as they played, I think, um, you know, we maybe made them look a lot, a lot worse because we're just that much better, I think. We were. We are that much better, and, and, and to go back to something I said after we, we beat Bournemouth, it's very easy to play poor teams and beat them, but beat them 1-0 or 2-0, right? And as soon as you do that, everybody says, oh, well, you know, yeah, okay, you beat them, but you should have hammered them or whatever. We we were convincing against, you know, as poor as they were, we were pretty good as well. And, yeah, and, that, and, and they've got, had a good run. Yeah. They've had a good run. We ended that run for them. I mean, come on. Who was that confident? Okay. Except for me, I did say, I did call for Nolwyn. I didn't expect them to get a goal. But who was that confident that we would get that many goals? Honestly, what was your prediction? I can't recall. But it wasn't It wasn't a landslide. That's a... Um, a friend of mine, he's a... I say friend, he's a West Ham fan. He said to me on... Thursday on the bus home after to pick my kids up. He said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do you, Sunday. We're, we're gonna do you." And I said, "Mate, in your dreams, we're gonna win at least two 0 mm. You know, okay. I, I I wouldn't have predicted a four-one. Mm. Um, he's been awfully silent on Facebook. I've not heard a, a single peep out of him. <laughs> yeah, well, that that happens. Just Look, from the group, Mark style, um, he predicted four-one. Uh, I predicted 4-0 damn it <laughs> I, I will say this now yesterday Dawn was saying that she wanted to uh, boast about the bragging rights you know, for Arsenal losing to West Brom and I said to her hold off on that because we've got to play West Ham tomorrow as in today obviously <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to laugh at uh, Arsenal losing yesterday if we'd have lost today because it would have been a bit of a you know, oh god, we lost as well. And there would have been a few Arsenal fans to rub it in. But can I say this now? We won. Arsenal lost. Arsenal lost to the Spammers in the first game of the season. And apart from the, the one goal, we gave our uh, West Ham a bit of a thrashing. So does that mean we're better than Arsenal? I think I think we're better than most teams. Um, I. Um... I said it on the podcast we did after the Bournemouth game, not because we we beat um, you were on there with me, um, Nikki and, yeah. and, and Dev, mm. not because we beat 
Bournemouth 5-1. I thought 5-1. But I went on that podcast and I said, before that match, I'm predicting that we're going to finish in the top four. And I stand by that statement, irrespective of what may happen. Does it really, you know, we're going to lit somewhere along the line, we're going to lose another match, right? That's that's going to happen somewhere along the line. We're going to put in a bad performance, okay? I don't care. I think over the course of the season, we're going to grow from strength to strength. And I look around that Premier League and I'm becoming, I don't want to get too carried away, but you know, I think fourth is there for the taking. I think so is third, even um, to be honest. After was it Paul Merton made his prediction? Uh, two, three weeks ago now, he said um, City were going to finish top, Arsenal would be second, Spurs would be third, uh, Liverpool fourth, and United fifth. I thought, hold on a minute, Morrison, telling us we're going to finish third? Are you serious? But we've got... Our boys are putting in the performance, and anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to find myself saying I agree with Paul Merson, but I think certainly that top three is very plausible. That that that's yeah. what could happen. But it's interesting. Can I just add something quickly? Mm. Um, it's it's really interesting because when everybody asks the players and Pochettino, so what do you think? You know, is is the title up for grabs? Are you going to get to top four? And and I think it's something that that. Pochettino is probably sort of instilled in the players. Actually, we're just taking it game by game because anything can happen in the Premiership. Anything can happen. You've just got to take each game as it comes. And and I mean, I've got to respect that. So as much as it's really stunning to to be excited and 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 hope for that, I mean, it would be wonderful. I'm going to adopt uh, because I love the man so much. I'm going to adopt Pochettino's stance and go. I'll take it game by game, but yes, we're going to. <laughs> yeah, we know four. it. I was going to say, we know anything can happen in the Premier League. Yesterday, City yeah. getting hammered by Liverpool at home. Mm. Leicester, no. going, Leicester going top of the table. That's, you know, what, what, what's going on here? But anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, but I think that um, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Leicester I think what, what they've done is superb this season and I, and I still maintain that the, the game that when we played them and they drew one all I know that everybody said you know we, we shouldn't have conceded a goal um, straight away after we scored and that's valid that's a fair point but I think the result was actually fair because I think they gave us a really tough game particularly first half um, as good as they've done this season and, and with Vardy scoring goals I can't see them um, being in the top four I think they'll slide out and, mm. and and I think we'll we we will finish somewhere in that top four. Christmas but, will be. I was going to say Christmas will be the desiring factor on um, on on a lot of the teams as it is every season. You know, we, well, for us, it's going to be March. That's mm. because that's that's when we normally implode February March. Um, so, um, but we've we've been consistent so far. Um, and we're getting the goals, well. guys. We're getting the goals. Right, and so, that's what's so exciting. Okay, so so Nikki, that um, that's just a contrast from last season. So a year ago, when when we did the podcast, um, we that game that uh, Rob referred to, the whole city win. It was a late goal from Ericsson. We won two one. There was there was lots of matches. I remember in that period that we were winning two one, two one, two one, and we weren't. So we weren't scoring that many, and we were always a bit shaky at the back and conceding one. And they tended to be late late goals now this season um we've scored 
um, three or more goals in three of our last four home matches, which is mm. pretty amazing. Then, um, obviously, we scored four earlier this season against Man City. Complete contrast going forward. And mm. and also defensively. I know we shouldn't have conceded one today, okay, but we did. But, you know, we've kept a few clean sheets. Toby and... It's just a complete complete contrast from a year ago when we started the pod. Yeah, yeah. but you see, there's also just more consistency at the back as well. And I mean, Rose is really up to his game. I've always been a Rose fan. Um, you know, Paul, Paul is coming around to my way of, of thinking. And yeah, he does make the odd mistake. As all players do, but there's something... I love Rhodes. I love him going forward. And he's also been tracking back quite a bit. And he's yeah. been putting in quite a, bit, a few good... You know, defensive moves. I'm, I'm really impressed with him. And and I think, in all fairness, I think the thing that has made um, um, for Tongan a better player is the arrival of Toby Alderweireld. Toby is just, he is just this strength and this cool, calm, collected character. And I think for Tongan having somebody who's his equal next to him that he can respect and he doesn't have to worry about what his counterpart is doing and they've got each other's backs has made a huge improvement to to for Tongan's game. And he's got a good haircut, which counts as well. Who? Alderweireld. Oh, God, it's very odd. Come on. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> it's just super cool. It's just cool. Super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, just on the BBC website, they uh, I don't know who... Uh, uh, um, who made this decision? But apparently, Deli Ali was man of the match, which uh, I don't agree with. I thought Dembele was uh, was, was better, but Dembele had eighty-four touches. Him and Eriksson, between the two of them, covered the most ground, and had and and I, I saw they were doing a little chats, and they were saying eighty-four touches. I mean, the the ground that that man covered. I don't know how. Yeah, Deli Ali's a good player and and he's up and coming and all the rest of it. But Dembele for me is just just he's just so strong and so physical and uh and was definitely my man of the match, but you know, my opinion doesn't really count right now. <laughs> just before we move on, just a quick look at the league table. So, um no change. We're still, we're still fifth, but we're three points now above above West Ham and we've maintained our lead over Everton and Southampton Liverpool all of that we're only two points behind City and Arsenal obviously drop points um, three points behind United and second and four behind Leicester I should say that Leicester and United play each other on Saturday so they'll, they'll obviously there'll be some points drop, drop there um, in terms of our goal difference we've got the second best goal difference so we've got goal difference of plus 13 Man City have got 14 our defence is the second best record, United have conceded nine. We've ourselves and Woolwich have conceded eleven. And in terms of goals scored, twenty-four, which is only behind City twenty-seven and Leicester twenty-eight. Now that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, just on um, the game itself and and the um, the West Ham fans, so. Um, they were they were singing um, they were singing various songs um, quite predictable we're forever blowing bubbles which is obviously the only song that they can come up with but they were also taking the piss out of Owen oh, the Spurs um, oh. and they were singing 
oh, where in the Spurs, go 3-0 down, you know, in reference to when uh. um, when they beat us 3-0 a few years ago. Like, that was fairly early on in the game. When it was 3-0, we started singing, amongst other things, um, oh, when the... Um, Oh, when the spam, wasn't West Ham, West spam. Oh, when the spam go three nil down, three nil down, which was going to be my title for the podcast. Unfortunately, <laughs> we went and spoiled it and scored a four, four, fourth one. So how inconsiderate of us! Um, and the other, <laughs> the other standout moment was um, we started singing. I've never seen this before, and certainly not at Spurs, um, and I don't know anywhere else. Um, but we started singing to the theme of Hey Jude by the Beatles, which goes da 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 na 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 Hey Jude. Yeah. Um, we started singing da 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 na 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 Your shit, your shit, which was um, quite amusing. Um, <laughs> there was there was also some quite a bit of aggro and tension um, amongst their fans. Um, it was quite heated and. Uh, you could yeah. see it on the pitch too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was no reason for it, but it was it was there. I believe that somebody got stabbed outside of the bricklayers. Um, I heard there was. It was funny because I was going to go there before the game, but I was just so cold and so freezing that um, I decided to take my seat in in the stadium and get myself a cup of coffee, and I just sat down fairly early on. So maybe just as well. But I, I heard there was some scuffle i don't know any more about that um mm. let's, yeah, let's not hope good. it's nothing nothing serious and um all turns out okay just a quick quick quick, quick question Nick, nikki did the um um did the atmosphere come across on on tv when you were watching oh, it absolutely absolutely you could hear the fans singing you could hear it you know, there were moments when it was a little bit quiet and everything, but I mean, with the fans singing, I was singing on top of my lungs in in the damn lounge. It was just, you know, I was getting really into it. It was it was really great atmosphere. You could hear how supportive everybody was being of the boys, without a doubt. It was nice. Fantastic. Okay, right. In the second half of the podcast, we'll be, we'll be doing some questions. Um, Bex will be providing an update on the Spurs ladies and we'll be um, looking at the... We'll be taking predictions on the um, Carabag and Chelsea game. But before we do, here's this week's forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast with me, Elliot Line, looking forward to the Europa League game against Carabag on the 26th of November and also the Premier League match against Chelsea on the 29th. We won the home fixture against Carabag 3-1 with Son and Lamella getting our goals after we went behind. It's bound to be a tougher game in Azerbaijan, but we still go into the game as favourites. However, our opponents will not be a pushover. I think we have a 67% chance of scoring, a 27% chance of scoring more than once, and a 47% chance of keeping a clean sheet. The most likely score lines are a 1-0 win, a 1-1 draw, a 0-0 draw, and a 1-0 loss. Overall, I think there's a 41% chance of a Spurs win, a 29% chance of a draw, and a 28% chance of a Carabag win. Against Chelsea last season at White Hart Lane, we recorded a memorable 5-3 victory on New Year's Day, with Kane, Rose, Townsend and Chadley scoring our goals. Historically, we have struggled against Chelsea, but at the moment they are on the ropes and we have to fancy our chances. It very much depends on which Chelsea turns up. I think we have a 59% chance of 
scoring, a 19% chance of scoring more than once, a 41% chance of keeping a clean sheet. The most likely scorelines are a 1-0 win, a 1-0 loss, a 1-1 draw and a 0-0 draw. Overall, I think there's a 34% chance of a Spurs win, a 31% chance of a draw and a 35% chance of a Chelsea win. This has been The Forward Line with Elliot Line. Come on you Spurs. Okay, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family podcast. Thank you, as ever, Elliot, for forward line. Right, so turning to those games, um, Nicky, we've got Carabag first away from home on Wednesday, a bit of an unknown quantity, and then Chelsea mm. home next Sunday, which is um, it's a 12 o'clock kickoff our time, which is 2 o'clock your time. But I, I'm right in the thinking you'll, you'll be having a... Um, is that one of the... Um... Yeah, one of our matchday socials, Johannesburg Spurs matchday socials. Okay. Yeah. We've, got a, we've got a question about um, supporters clubs a bit later, um, but so we, can, we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, um, Carabag away, prediction? Um, it's, yeah, look, I actually must be honest, I haven't really given this much thought. But I do think that we can... It just depends on who Pochettino decides to play. And and obviously, I think both both games are important. But it depends on, on who he feels can get the result and who he feels he needs to play on Sunday. Because I do think that um, that this win for Chelsea might boost them a little bit. Um, even though it was, you know, not one of the top teams. But I do think it will boost them a little bit. And they'll think that they can come... And, and get something. Um, so I think it just depends on who Pochettino plays. But I will go for a win for both games. Um, okay. it, it might be a bit tight on, on Thursday because we are away from home. But I think we could win maybe, hopefully, 2-0 or 2-1. And then on Sunday, I'm hoping for a repeat performance. I think it might be tight to start off with, but I think we just got the better team and we're just more put together so I'm, I'm looking forward to a good 3-0 4-0 hammering Okay, Rob um, predictions for Carabag and Chelsea um, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win over Carabag and actually, bearing in mind Chelsea's recent performance and the fact that they're probably hungry, I'm going to have to go for a at best a one or draw okay um, I think um, I think that we will probably draw against Carabag either nil nil or one all um, and I'd be probably happy with that um, because didn't they beat somebody either Monaco and Lecht um I'm just bringing up the results. If I can get to the right group, I don't even know what group we are in. This is painful. Group J, right, there we are. So they um they're bottom of the table with four points. They did they did beat I'm pretty sure they beat yeah, that would imply they got a draw somewhere and um against one of Monaco and Anderlecht and beat the other. So that they're not gonna be a pushover. Um if we get a draw, I'd be quite happy with that and not get any injuries. Um, so I'm going to say one all. 
which would take us to eight points, and then we've got Monaco final game at home, so that's not too bad. Um, the one that's really I'm really nervous about is Chelsea next week for so many reasons because we've gone twelve unbeaten. If if we if we remain unbeaten in that one, it's going to be thirteen. You know, it's almost at some point somewhere we're we're gonna we're gonna get beat somewhere along the line. Okay, now it could be next week, it could be the game after, it could be next season I know but it's going to happen Um, and Chelsea as poor as they've been this season they're still Chelsea they're still you know Mourinho is still Mourinho he he, tactically he's a good coach and I can see them being very difficult to break down next week Mm. and they're going to come with a game plan and they're going to make it very difficult and I just look on paper, I think we can beat them easy, but as, I just hope we don't underestimate them in any way. Um, that's the that's the key. We shouldn't underestimate them because it is still Chelsea, as you say, and and anything can happen in the Premiership. I just think, I just think if uh, we keep we keep our heads on, and um, and don't underestimate them, and and realise that we might have our work cut out for us, but still just stay focused and stay the tight physical. Um, unit that we are I don't see any reason why we can't beat them January 1st we did well, it was exactly it was the first it was the first yeah so first of the first 5-1 thank you very much <laughs> I think it's it's going to be a tough one and we're going to struggle and we're only going to beat them 5-0 so yeah that's, that's my prediction <laughs> um, right <laughs> Uh, just what, what you were going back to, Carabag, Yes, they beat Andelect one 0 on the first of October. Yeah, you know, and and, and Andelect, okay, they're not a bad team. Um, yeah, five 0 we'll, we'll do them. Um, right, in that case, Jav, I'm going to say something here. Uh, now, if we win five 0 you've, yep. you've got to do something that you haven't done ever. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know if you, yeah, you know, what you've never done, but you've you've got, you've got to do something spectacular to celebrate the fact that you were right. Mhm. Pretty much like my mushroom eating for Bobby it, last it, season, because we're I'm, nearly coming up for that anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the trouble is, yeah. No. Hmm. See now, I, I agree with Nikki. It's got to be something along the lines of her mushroom, because after the, oh, we're all said and done, Jav. Everyone did something, except for you. Um, but, well, you know, I, but, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, um, Joby had Marmite, I did gherkins, Nikki did mushrooms, JLZ did porridge, you know. Yeah. Java did nothing. I tell you what, okay, if we... So what, what's, what's the thing? We, 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 um, we've got to beat them 5-0. What if we win six 0 You still have to do it. That's a bit unfair. No, not um, really. Okay, all right. So if we, if we, um, if we, if we don't beat them five nil, I won't do the next pod and the pod after that, and Nikki will step in for me, um, which would be great. Um, how about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, if we win five nil, you've got to go and find that German girl and uh, ask her on a date. <laughs> uh, um, right. Uh, 
Okay, so Bex has been looking at the um, Spurs ladies, um, so here's an update on that. Hi, it's Bex with an update on the Spurs ladies. Girls played today and got thumped 4-0 by Pompey ladies at home. Uh, I'm going to the reverse match next month, so hopefully they're not going to get so wiped um, then. In true keeping and to follow today's result, or maybe the boys were following the girls, we beat West Ham at Chesson when we played last weekend. So combined with the West Ham result last weekend and the Pompey result today, we're fourth in the league. I don't think actually that reflects today's match. Forthcoming games include a Ryman Cup game on Wednesday at 19.45. They play Gillingham and they play that at Chatham Town FC. And then next Sunday in the League Cup, they play Basildon um, at Canby Island at 2. Last week, for anybody that was listening, Jav challenged me to find out about the two new girls. Um, that's partly because West Ham had a uh, rejig, shall we say politely, of their team. And one of the girls they ditched was actually their skipper. So basically, West Ham had a complete clear out of their girls team. They ditched a whole load of players that had been doing well for them. They have a new guy in there who um, brought in all his cronies, girlfriends, daughters, girlfriends. I don't know. Um, and two of the players he got rid of have come across the Spurs. Anyway, as ever, it's really hard to find out any information like who scored from today or who scored in midweek. So I'll leave you with those score lines. Um, have a good week and... If anybody has any questions, I'm on Twitter at Bunchy's Bex. Thanks, bye-bye. Right, thank you, Bex. Um, and right, let's finish finish off with some questions. Um, we did have... There was a question a few weeks ago about... Um, just rewinding. I think it was on, on the old ladies' pod um, about who you would... Um, watch a Spurs game with, as I recall. Something along, along the lines. Help me out, Nikki. Uh, wasn't it a, a question about if if you could take one person in the world to a Spurs match, who would it be? Yes, and and I obviously didn't present that pod, but I did write in and and or message Carol and answered. And who did I say? You said Jenna Coleman. Right, and it's funny you should say that because I met the aforementioned last Sunday, um, but not. Um, not, uh, I didn't ask her to go to the Spurs game <laughs> with me, did. but I, d- I did meet her. Um, but did you, is she, okay, hang on a sec, because I remember somewhere, I think you said that she was a Spurs supporter, but that was just your fantasy that she was. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of many. <laughs> did you ask her if she does watch football and if she supports anybody? Um, no, I asked her other questions, but, but not, yeah, it's yeah. nothing, nothing to do with football. Hello, and then and then and then I was issued with a restraining order thereafter. But anyway, Hello, right? Can I drool on you, please? <laughs> okay, right. Let's 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 look at this week's question. It's a true story. I did I did meet her last week. But anyway, um, we, we we won't dwell on that. I'll I'll dwell on that. What is um, it? Hold on, hold on. Before we go into questions, what is it with you and celebrities or, or you know famous people? You know, I can look through your photographs and mm. you've got. Like almost an album dedicated to you know people you've met. What is it with you? Yeah, it's a it's a growing album. <laughs> celebrity hall. Yeah, it's a, it's a growing album, but it's also a, a, a list that's beginning to dwindle because most of the people that um, some some of those people were just by accident. Um, so they, they weren't necessary people I'd necessarily want to photo with, but it was just Do you... it was an opportunity. Um, and some of them I did. 
um, actively stalk. No, I didn't. No, I, I was but... going to say, do you have a stalker app? And if so, can I borrow it, please? <laughs> <laughs> I hope my photo's in that album. Um, when your face... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah your head of uh, the, uh, your when she's famous. What? Your <laughs> your um your head of the um Jansburg Supporters Club. So you are famous, and you were mentioned. You were, that's right. You were mentioned, weren't you, on the club website the other week? Yeah. Not only that, but she has done the podcast. You know, we are recognised. You know. We are, we are indeed. Okay, so I might have to get a photo of you in there. Mm. Right, moving on. Chris <laughs> Kelly, question from Chris Kelly. Um, Chris Kelly from Ireland. He says, Tottenham supporters cl- clubs, what's your thought, thought, thoughts on them? He's part of the Dublin of, the, of Dublin Spurs and he feels it's the next best thing to being at the lane watching the matches um, with my fellow Dublin Yves in Mays Bar on Dorset Street. If any of you happen to be in Dublin for a match... Um, then you're more than welcome to join us. Um, now, probably Nikki's the best per, per, best place to answer that question because you've you're head of the Johannesburg Spurs Sports Club. So, Nikki, come on. Rob, you wanted to say something. I'll say that. That's biased, you know, just because I live in Plymouth. No, I was going to come to you, Rob. I was going to come <laughs> to you, but but um... well, Nikki, go first then. <laughs> um. I actually, his name's Chris, the guy who asked the question. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah, Chris Kelly. Yeah. Okay. I have to agree with him. It's, um, it is quite something special to be able to get together with other Tottenham supporters. I mean, our supporters club is growing. Um, we've only had two match day socials so far. The first one, we were about there was about 10 of us. This last one, there was close, well, we were just about 21, 22 of us together. And the one for next week, Sunday, where we're getting together for the Chelsea match, we're going to be close to 40. So we keep doubling up in numbers. And, um, and it is quite special, I must say, because we're all there for one reason, and that's to support Tottenham. And... Uh, and, and the nice thing about it is, obviously, I know some of the people because I'm conversing with them and chatting to them. And being the head of the supporters club, I'm, I make point of going around and greeting everybody. But we're there for a common goal, and that is to watch and support Tottenham. And when you know when we play well and and a goal is scored, it is just magnificent. And it is second to none. I mean, I've been at the lane, and that's also really, really special. But often... I think, you know, depending on who you are and who you're able to get a game with, you might be sitting on your own and you won't necessarily be sitting with somebody that that you know. So while it's this camaraderie with, with fellow supporters around you, it, for me, it's very different being in a pub watching and you've got other supporters around you. You can also see, I think sometimes, you, you get to see replays and things and it, it's just... It's a, just a different vibe, it, but it's it's equally as special, mm. especially for people who, who aren't able to get to the lane. Although, I mean, that is a very special experience. There is nothing like being able to get together with fellow Tottenham supporters. And you've got, very briefly, you've got your next big event on Sunday and you're also mentioned on the club website. Yeah, yeah, we were. And... Um, and the supporters club department, um, uh, they featured us in the game, in the match day program against Aston Villa. We were mentioned in there, which was really, really nice of them. They're, they're a good bunch of people at Tottenham and they've, they really give the supporters clubs so much uh, support. 
and um, and give us a lot of tools just to get our name out there and promote our, our supporters' clubs, even the marketing department. So really, credit to, to the Tottenham people who work behind the scenes to make us a success at the end of the day because they really do work hard for us. Now, Rob, you live in Plymouth, which um, uh, is fair to say the arse end of Britain, really. No, Cornwall's um, <laughs> It's a long way away, okay? Um, it's southwest. Now, are, are there any supporters clubs? I know there's like South Dorset Spurs, but well, are there any? There's apparently a Plymouth um, supporters uh, network here somewhere, but I've yet to find them. Um, the, the closest I get to a supporters network is my kids. Um all I've got, my youngest is four, and I just have to say, come on, you, and he blatantly comes out with sparrows, because, you know, they, they're like Indoctrination. Their dad. <laughs> I, it's not something, I've, I've not turned and said, you will support sparrows. Would you support Arsenal? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, it, you know, they like to do something with the dad, you know, and that means supporting sparrows, and so be it, you know. Mm. My daughter, Ruby, she's now. Um, given it, Dad, can I come to uh, White Hart Lane the next time you go? And I said, well, maybe when you're older, darling. <laughs> oh. You know. But, and and uh, have you have you looked them up on the on the Tottenham website? Is there definitely a Plymouth Spurs, an official supporters club? Um, I don't. I've not seen one on the uh, on the on the club website, so. I, I, you know, maybe know maybe have a look. You you never know. Maybe have a look. It is quite special. I know. I know. Especially a lot of our um, uh, American listeners. You know. I mean, Aaron would tell you that. You know, and um, Zayden, I'm sure would mention it too, as well as Andy. There's a lot of there's a lot of support overseas, and a lot of supporters clubs overseas, and and it's you know it's the closest thing we get to being able to to support our team with fellow Tottenham supporters. So it is very special. Chris Moore, he's the chairperson um, of the Plymouth Spurs Supporters Club. Ah, there we go. Chris73 at gmail.com. There we go. Um, I don't really have any thoughts on this. I mean, I I live in London and um, I've been fortunate in the last few seasons to be in a position to to go to a fair few games, which which are... wasn't necessarily in the past, um, so I tend to go to games. The only thing is, it would be nice if there was. A, I'm not aware of any supporters clubs in London. Um, I think the nearest that we've got there are obviously Spurs pubs um, along the Tottenham High Road, but um, I'm not aware That's of any clubs. Uh, I could be wrong. Because... I could be wrong. Somebody might tell me otherwise, but well, hopefully somebody listens to this and 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 informs us because I think there might be a lot of people in London who can't necessarily go to games but would like to go to a pub and watch. Okay, moving on. Paul Simon asks, will Vardy um, make it 11 in 11 against United? Um, They're playing Man U next week. And will he still be at Leicester after the January transfer window? And how much would you bid for him? And he also asks, um, it's a separate question, I'll just tie them in together, regarding Berahino. Do you still wish we had signed him, or are you now glad we didn't spend whatever it would have taken? So, Berahino and Vardy in January? 
I'll go either, first. Either I will or say both. No, neither nor. Um, I think Vardy's having a season like Hurricane did. He's having a bit of a breakout season. Um, good luck to him. Let's see what happens. As for Berahinia, I think we dodged a bullet there. I think he's a bit of an Adebayo and a bit of a drama queen, and we don't need players like that. So I'm really pleased we didn't get him. Thank you very much. Okay. Plymouth Spire Supporters Club. Yes, thank you, Nikki. Good. Well done. Are you still behind us? How do you think to find it? Rob, Vardy, so Vardy, um, if, if, if he became available in, in January, which uh, I don't think it would be a question if he becomes available because Leicester won't necessarily sell him, but if there was an opportunity for us or if we made a cheeky bid, would you take him? Um, and with regards to Berrien Hino, um, do you wish we'd signed him or, or, or are you glad we yeah. didn't spend money? Um, I'm glad we didn't spend the money on Berrien Um With the fact that he threw a tantrum, uh, for not being released, and then you know, giving it, you know, whinge moan, whinge moan. Oh, I'm not going to play anymore. And then, you know, we we had that fun with Luka Modric, and when you know he wanted to go to Real Madrid, and we said, no, you're not going just yet. You can wait a little while. He had his little paddy, and he threw his toys out the pram, and then he got on with it. Now I, I've seen that's how. Berahino's doing things, and no, I wouldn't want him. Uh, Vardy, on the other hand, 11 goals in 11 games, that's definitely a, a prospect to to want, I, I would have thought. I like the look of Vardy. I wouldn't mind us making a cheeky bid, but I can't see Leicester selling him in January. Mm. And um... with, with the facts, of, I think it was JOZ was asking about him yesterday. Um, and Dembe- you know, Fulham's Dembele. Um, I, I said yesterday uh, that the prospect of having Moussa Dembele, the French striker, with Moussa Dembele, the Belgian player, uh, Belgian midfielder, would be a pretty good option. You know, Dembele to Dembele, as I think David Fennell said. <laughs> that's That's got a ring to it. Um, but Vardy, he's, what, 28? He's not old. Not really. So, yeah, I'd go for Vardy myself. Mm. Um, just to follow up from that, um, Paul Esau asks, his hypothetical question is, um, we all know we need to strengthen up front going into into the next few years, but who who can we realistically go for? Personally, personally, he says, his three are Southampton's Jay Rodriguez, so long as he stays injury-free and gets enough game time. Um, Pella... Um, it's actually Pelly. Pelly and um, Rondon at West Bromwich. Albion. I mean, then says forget contracts as we all know what they're worth. Forget wages if we are to believe that Levy is ready to build for the future. Um, for me, <coughs> of all those players, the one I would like to see at Spurs, and it's a really, really big if, is Jay Rodriguez because he was doing really well at Southampton under Pochettino before he got injured. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure if he's played for Southampton this season. Um, I don't think he's played a hell of a lot of football in a very long time. Yeah, um, so for me, yeah, so for me, he'd have to get back into the Southampton team, re-establish himself, um, have a long run in, 
and then yeah, if he's if he's fit and if he's the player that 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 Poch had, then yeah, I, I'd love to see him at Spurs. Um, I don't. I, I, yeah, sorry, Jeff. I'll just say I, I don't know enough about Rondon. Pelé looks okay, but mm, I, I like no. I like Pelé. I think I think Pelé's. I've always fancied Pelé. I think he's he's quite a good player at Southampton and he's done pretty well. Um, but for me, if if I were to make a bid for anybody and try and bring somebody into the team, it would be Lukaku from Everton. Um, the boy's Belgium, strengthens our Belgium team, which we're busy building on, our Belgium and British team. So for me, I think he's an excellent player. He's an excellent little striker. And, uh, and I think he could... He and he and Kane could link up really, really well together if they had to play them together. I think we'd be formidable. So for me, if there was any player that I really would want to go after, it's it's Lukaku. Mm. Yeah, Lukaku. He did really well initially when he was when he was on loan, Everton. But seems to be a bit hot and cold. But mm, strong player, Belgium international. Right. Premier Premier League player. Um, and he's young. And yeah. he is young. I was I was going to say with Rodrigo going back to you, Rodriguez. Uh, eight appearances, six as subs, no goals, no yellows, no reds. Okay. Um, I back Poch Poch's judgment. I know this might seem a bit of a cop out, but um, we can sit here and say. We like the look of Lukaku. Or we like the look of this player or that player, or whatever. Um, Poch will probably Poch will probably bring in somebody that we've not heard of. Okay, a bit like he did with Son, and mm. I back his judgment to be honest at the moment. Well, you, and I was going to say, you say with Son, um, I was reading on one of the papers the other day that Arsene Wenger was a bit gutted because he didn't sign Son. Uh, Apparently it was on Arsenal's radar. Then something happened, and Arsenal took their eyes off the prize, and we swooped in and nicked him. Thank you very much. Good. Let him cry over spilt milk. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, sorry, just to quickly go back to Lukaku. Uh, he is um, only the fifth player to score 50 Premier League goals before turning 23. Who were the others? Robbie Fowler... Michael Owen, Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Harry then it's him. No, he's not on the list, my darling. Harry Kane. That's what I'm saying. He is. He's, he's, he's not... really. Before so 23. Before 23. How old yes. is Kane? Kane is 22. I think he'll be 23 in the summer. He must be nearing 50. Well, well, Lukaku turns 23 next year, May, right. and he's already uh, scored his 50 Premier League goals. Okay, that's quite impressive. You know, he's and and I don't think he's necessarily rated, so which is good because we might just be able to steal him. And he's Belgian; he uh, works and, well uh, with our other Belgians. He does, and and Poch has got the ability to get the best out of out of players and make them better players. And he's um, young. He's, he's proven that. Any any player, any footballer that's receptive to Poch's um, way of thinking will will Excel. improve themselves. The ones that don't, the ones that throw their toys out the pram, the ones that don't say, 
um, who, who don't go along with what um, with, with Potch's beliefs, then they're they're out of they're shown the door. Simple as. Um, when you yeah. look at the ones that have stayed, they've all become better footballers. Um, they've all, and by that I don't necessarily mean that. You know, somebody like Lamella is a skillful player, for example, but he's also added to his game um, the ability to work hard and track back. So is Ericsson. Yeah, sure, Ericsson, Ericsson might be a bit tackle tackle shy when it comes to getting stuck in, but he not runs. Today. He, not today, but he runs, he works hard. So these are all things which are fundamental to Poch and, and the players that are still there at... Um, Tottenham have 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 succeeded because they've listened to Poch and and they've improved and that's down to good coaching. Um, Rob just messaged me to say thirty two Premier League goals Kane scored. Okay. So another eighteen. That's possible. It might be a hard push to get eighteen this season in addition to the eight or however many he's got this season. But yeah. But look, if anyone can do it, he can. So True. it's a good it's a good target. So come on, Harry, get on it. <laughs> it's, it's certainly an impressive stat, Nikki, on of um, Lukaku. Right, final two questions. Um, Paul, another one from Paul Simon. Paul Simon asks, if you could ask Poch one question, what would it be, Rob? Um, if I could ask Poch a question. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he strolls into your living room. He sits down. You know, you could ask him what what he would like for tea, for, for instance. Or um, can I have a free season ticket to White Hart Lane, please? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, can, can, can I can I sit on the on the bench next to you? you know? I can, thought you were going to say, can you sit on his lap? But anyway, can I can I bow down? <laughs> no, that's my question. Kitty, what? Sorry, Rob. Can I bow down and worship at your feet? <laughs> um, Nikki, if you could ask him one question. Will your wife move up and move out so that I can just, you know, have a moment or two with you, please? I, I don't know what Paul's going to make of that, but, you know. Um, Paul, yeah. Paul understands my obsession with Pochettino. Oh, just, just love the man. Taking one for the team. Just go Taking back. one for the team. Just going mm. back one. Just going back one second to Harry Kane. Um, mm. He's got 32 goals um, in the, in the Premier League at the moment, so that that puts him what 18 off the target. And his birthday is not until the 28th of July of next year when he turns 23. So yeah, he's got plenty of time. Mm. Yeah. Good, excellent. Okay, no. I would ask Poch. Go on, sorry, Nikki. No, no, no. What are you going to ask him? Um, I thought about this for about five seconds. And I couldn't think of anything. But I would ask him a very boring, mundane, where do you see yourself in five years' time? And do you see yourself managing Spurs for uh, the rest of your career? There I was thinking, your question would be, can I have a selfie with you, please? <laughs> um, Spot on, <laughs> No, I don't... Right. Okay, so I don't ask. These people, these famous people, ask to have yeah. photos with me. Um, and who am I to deny them that opportunity? They, they ask to have, so Cameron came up to you and said, hmm, you look like a, a likely fellow. Who uh, said that, sorry? Cameron, did he? 
<laughs> yep, David Cameron, yeah. yeah. He came up to you yeah. and said, you look like a nice young uh, conservative fellow. Would you like to have your photograph taken with me? No, but it's, but it's interesting It's interesting you say that, Javid, because when I had my photo taken with um, a South African jockey, um, Samanga Kamalo, who's my absolute favourite, and when I met him, I'm sure he thought I was a stalker, but he said to me, where's your camera? Let's have a photo taken. I didn't offer he offered so i understand mm. it's it's just it's us we have that magnetic personality we do mm. we do, mm. we do. star yeah. quality we can't, we, we can't help it um, right <laughs> go on Rob. i was just gonna just gonna um, go back even further when you were saying you know back to the beginning with all the pods i was just thinking you know all the famous people that you've met and, and you've got your photograph the, just thinking about the famous people that we've had on here like you know alan rick adam rickman Adam, Adam, Adam Richmond, Richmond. Um, who I famously <laughs> called Richmond. I've just done a youth that called him Richmond. <laughs> yeah, we had, um, we had, we had, um, we had Adam Richmond on the podcast. Um, and one of the, 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 the personal highlights for, for me the last year on the podcast, so that there were two episodes that I really enjoyed. One of them was when we had Mickey and I interviewed Martin Cloak and Katrina mm. Laws um, from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust towards the end of last season. Um, I've, I, it was um, mm. it was pretty good getting them on, firstly, um, and it was nice of them to give up their time um, one evening um, to do that, but I thought the podcast was really good, it was really interesting, and um, I, I, I really enjoyed doing that one. Um, and the other one that's, that I really enjoyed doing was the only time that we've ever done a pod um, with everybody in the same room, because we do, do this over Skype, um, was when I was in Johannesburg a few months ago, and um, I did a pod with Nicky mm-hmm. and her partner Paul and his brother Dean, um, and they, they were the two enjoyable podcasts that we did. Anyway, let's... Dean is in the UK now, by the way. Is he? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll I'll give him your details so you guys can hook up. Please do, please do. Um, if mm. if it'd be good to um, watch a game with him um, at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Final question. Um, a tour Tomar. Um, his Twitter handle is at eighty underscore Spurs. Asks, would you have Chelsea get relegated if it meant Arsenal won the league? Oh, that's a good question. I. I wouldn't want to see Arsenal win the league, but I would like to see Chelsea relegated. Uh, it doesn't quite answer the question. Um, to answer that question, I'd say no. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, like I say, I, I don't want to see Arsenal win the league. They they did it in '04. Um, I've spoken to uh, a good friend of mine. He's a you know a Guna fan, and he says he can't see Arsenal winning the league. Um, so no, I'd, I'd I'd rather see Chelsea survive if it meant Arsenal didn't win the league. Mm. If it was the other way around, though, look, I mean, I know it's a fine line between Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, I'm I'm not really sure some days who I despise the most, but um, but look, I would probably prefer to see Arsenal relegated than I would be really? upset about. Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, Look, love them or hate them, we need Chelsea in the league. I mean, you know, they're they're a good team and they they do provide us with competition, etc. So, you know, yeah, what's happening to them isn't very nice at the moment, 
Um, and they will probably bounce back, hopefully not next week, because I'd still like us to beat them um, and give them a bit of a spanking like we did on New Year's Day. Uh, but yeah, I think it was if it was the other way around, I would have no issue with Chelsea winning and, and Arsenal being relegated. But Arsenal winning the league, hell no. Mm-mm. So I'll keep, I'll keep Chelsea. Okay, well, I would say the exact opposite of that in that, um, for me, I would never want Arsenal relegated. I would quite like them finishing 17th and just narrowly escaping relegation every season because that would be like purgatory or something and they'd be forever doing that and toying with relegation each season and just watching them suffer each season but they wouldn't ever get relegated and we'll still have a North London derby because they would still be in the league and we'll still get an opportunity hopefully um, to, to beat them home and away but they'd be rubbish and, and, I'd, and I'd love that and, and, and I wouldn't want them to um, to go down um, Chelsea on the other hand I'd be quite happy for them to be relegated um, if it's a question of this season and it's an either or as much as it would be difficult for me to see Arsenal win the league. Um, mm. They've done that. They, in my lifetime as a Spurs supporter, not in my lifetime as a human being, but in my, in my lifetime as a Spurs supporter, I've seen Arsenal win the league um, four occasions at least. Um, and it's been difficult watching that. It's been painful. But I know, I know I'm know, i used used to it. And I'm also used to them finishing above us. Um I've never seen, although Chelsea were relegated in the in the 80s, um, that was a bit before I started following football, in the last 25 and a bit years, Chelsea have always been in the top flight. Mm. Um, and particularly with the fact that, you know, 12 years ago, they had Abramovich taking over and all this money thrown in at the club and, and they're... They've got all these new fans, new age fans that don't know anything about the history and they're just jumping on the glory bandwagon. I would love them to get relegated because if they finish <laughs> if they finish um, in a low position this season, yeah, we'll all have a laugh at them. But what will happen is they'll get rid of Mourinho. They'll bring in somebody else like an Ancelotti. They'll spend Aww. a whole load of money and, and they'll climb up the table. Um, <laughs> but if they got relegated, you know, that smug Russian... Um, I would, oh, I just love it if Mr. Mabrovich and, and uh, also, you know, and also his fans' pathetic, racist, um, is that libelous? I don't know. Don't care. Fans <laughs> suffer. Um, I was going to say, if Mourinho gets booted, I hope it's Brendan Rodgers that takes over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, sorry, and if they did get relegated, it would be nice if Mourinho, Mourinho was the, ma- the, the 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 man who sent them down, because then he wouldn't be the so the, the special one. He wouldn't. Yeah. Be, he would be the not so special one. Right. So yeah, I have a question. Mm. Right. Now, the Premier League been going for twenty three years. Yeah. Yep. Can you name the seven teams that have remained in the Premier League? Chelsea, us, Arsenal, Villa, Everton. Liverpool, United. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, right. Finally, okay. I should just, just before we wrap up, I should just mention um, to existing listeners and any new listeners, um, there's a Facebook page, the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast page. It's a page which promotes the podcast. Um, check us out. We've also got um, 
the website, which Nikki looks after, the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast.com, which contains links to the podcast, but also um, various publications, articles that people have written for us, um, uh, and also um, Elliot's forward line is on there as well. Um, and we've also got a, um, a Twitter page. Our Twitter handle is at th at thf podcast i believe yeah yeah um <laughs> right um rob thank you um nikki thank you as ever thanks um, jeff the future's bright the future's lily white good night